the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are paths in this life that we can take. The question is, which of those paths will lead us to the narrow road that leads to eternal life? We're talking about that today on Times of Refreshing. Join us. From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Welcome to the program. This is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. The message today is simply called The Paths of Life. And there are a variety of roads that you and I can take, but in the end, ultimately, they all lead to one of two, the path of destruction or the path of eternal life. So today, we want to take a look at Luke chapter 2 and help us understand which of these paths will lead us to the right path. Here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing once again. Our teacher and pastor now, here's Napoleon Kaufman. When Jesus found the disciples, they were out busy working. They were doing work. They were out. And for us, it's the same thing. God should find us busy going after him and trying to advance the kingdom of God. And I think for us, we have to stop. It's not just going to boom, happen. He said, the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns. So we can't be lazy even from a natural standpoint. Let me say this to you. Some of us, and I'm going to be, come on. Let me say this thing. I'm just going to cut loose this morning, amen, because we're going to realign some stuff. I want to get some stuff going. Saints, listen, if, if you're working on a job, work. Get off the internet. Get off Facebook and Twitter. Get off Facebook and Twitter. Get off the phone. Hey, dog, I'm going to call you. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, oh, here they come. I'll, I'll call you back. Don't forget that Jesus hired you. Ooh, I know. I, ooh, Lord Jesus. Long as I know, you know, I always care about five amens in my pocket. What I'm saying is if we're being lazy, Jesus is watching, and then if, God forbid, we get laid off or something happens, we blame them or the devil, and God is saying, listen, I hired you, and don't forget you're not just working for them, you're working for me because that is also my business. And I place you there because it's my business. And I want you to advance my kingdom in that business. And I want the kingdom to come wherever you go. Can I have an amen? We have to think about this, saints. Look at this. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs 12. Look at verse 24. From a natural standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint. He says, the hand of the diligent will rule. But the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The hand of the diligent for a rule. From a natural standpoint, we want God to elevate us and to take us places and to do things. 
From a spiritual standpoint, we want God to do things in the spirit. When you begin to pray and you begin to command and decree and, de- decree and de- declare and do those things, that stuff happens. Why? Because you're diligent. You're diligent. You rule. He says, but the lazy man will be put to force labor. And I think this is happens. We get put in the situations from a, even from a vocation standpoint that we really don't want to be in. We hate our jobs. Instead of saying, this is a blessing. Man, I'm forced to take this job because this is the only person that will hire me. We want to say, well, this is the one I prayed for, and God opened the door, and it's a highway in this place, and God just made it smooth for me. Well, if we're not diligent, if we're lazy, we're not going to see God's blessing upon our lives. Look at that. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. Let's look at verse, let's look at, uh, let's look at verse 20, 27. Look at this. It says, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is, is man's precious possession. He has it, but he's too lazy to cook it. He won't work what he's got. And it's a, it's a shame. He says, the lazy man, he says he does not roast what he took in hunting. I got it, but I'm tired. I'm lazy. I don't want to deal with it. I, I just sit. And it's there. And this is what happens. Well, those, a lot of times realize that God will give us stuff in seed form or he'll give us a little. And if we're faithful over a few things, he'll make us ruler over much. Amen. But if we get what we have in our hands and God said, I want you to I want you to just uh, use this and, and just work it and I'm going to bless it. We're too lazy. Say, I don't want to do it. You know, the Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows. Nobody's seen the trouble I've seen. (laughs) And what I'm saying is, is that we have to stop and say, God, what you put in my hand, I'm going to maximize and use it. You have blessed me. We're praying for God to bless us, but God has blessed us. Now work what he's blessed you with from a natural standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint. Can I have an amen here? We want to grow and mature in this and allow God to use us. Go to Proverbs 13. And let's look here at verse 4. And I think this is a big problem that we have in Christendom. I like this. It says here in verse 4, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made what? Rich. Okay? One of, one of the things that happens is, is that we feel that we're okay with God because we desire to do a certain thing. Our desire has to be joined together with our actions. You can say that you want to do this, but it's not until you actually put forth the effort and the work and you go forth with it that you really prove that this is something you want to do. Desire is not enough, amen? We have to know this in our lives, whether it's job, whether it's spiritual life, whether it's your prayer life, whether it's losing weight, whether it is gaining weight, whether it is what cardio, whatever it is, we got to put in the work. Amen. And so long for as a church, we major on just the spiritual side. But we don't consider the fact that there's natural things that we have to do. And Jesus was able to balance that. And he was about his father's business. Amen. So look what he says. He says, the soul of the lazy man desires and has nothing. 
Desire will get us nowhere if we're not willing to get up and put in the work. Amen. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Stop telling yourself that you're too old. I'm too old. I'm too old for all that young whippersnapper. So you a young man. Well, man, I mean, listen, saints. If, and I want to just say that. I mean, let me say this. You know, I think we have to consider that, that if God is telling you to do something, he's not worrying about your age. And wait till we get to the end of this message. It'll bring some clarity to that. Go to Proverbs 21. Let's look at verse 25. This is also good. A couple more scriptures here in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 21, verse 21, 25. Proverbs 21, 25. Look what it says. It says, the desire of the lazy man kills him. For his hands refuse to labor. The desire of the lazy, of the lazy man, it kills him for he ref- his hands refuse to labor. So my desire is right and I want to do and it's bugging me and I, I really want this bad, but I'm not willing to move my hands. This is what happens. It happens all the time. A person has this burning desire in their life for certain things. And sometimes maybe this desire is God breathed. God has put this on your heart. But because your hands won't work, because a person is lazy, it says here the desire just kills them. It's burning in them. And it just won't happen. And I just, uh, and they think about it all the time. And, and I don't understand why it's not happening. And, and, and then you ask them, well, what are you doing to make it happen? I'm nothing. Are you doing anything? No. I'm tired and I, and I can't and I, and I got an excuse for everything God is asking me to do. But I really want to do it. And the desire just kills a person. What we have to do is allow God to deal with this from a natural standpoint and a spiritual standpoint. People say, I want to be a preacher. I feel like God is calling me to preacher. Be a preacher. Are you reading your Bible? No, but the anointing is on me. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Being a preacher, ministering the word of God, getting, you got to know this. Your zeal means nothing. Zeal can kill. If you're not willing to put in the work with this, because this is the foundation for every bit of ministry we do in this church. Amen. And, and that anyone has ever, this is what Apostle Paul said, preach the word. And so people have zeal. But when all that zeal and emotion runs out, you better know what you're talking about. Can I have an amen? And so desire kills, but people aren't willing to put in the work. Look at Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. Now watch this. It says here in verse 4. It says, the lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. And this is another thing that happens, and it's an excuse that we have sometimes from a natural standpoint, spiritual. The condition's not right. People are waiting for perfect conditions to do what they're supposed to do. And I want to tell you this, saints, you may never have perfect conditions. You may not always feel well. I'm sure Apostle Paul did not feel well while he was being stoned. 
But he got up and he continued about his father's business. And I think it's the same way with us. Hey, your marriage may not be perfect. Your kids may not be perfect. The job that you're on may not be perfect. But you have to keep in mind, I must be about my father's business. I've got work to do. And it may not be perfect. But people have excused the condition isn't right. The church isn't right. My job isn't right. My boss isn't right. And everybody's not right. And we're waiting for this, this, this perfect condition. But the Bible says, his, says this, he will beg during harvest and have nothing. That when the season to reap what you have sown has manifested, there's nothing for us to reap. Why? Because during the tough conditions, we weren't willing to put in the work. And I think for us, we have to really just look at that and just meditate on it and say, God, help us as a congregation and as a people because God wants a highway before us, not, a, not thorns and thistles, not hedges of thorns. He wants a highway. But we have to stop and say, God, from my spiritual standpoint and from a natural standpoint, Lord, what's going on? Am I lazy? Am I waiting for the right condition? I can't grow. I can't grow. Why can't you grow? Because the pastor... So I, I've, been, I've been to five different churches, and I can't grow, and it's everybody else's fault because they're not feeding me. Well, are you feeding yourself? I've never in the history of my life, I don't, I, could, I mean, I, I, I'll eat anywhere. I mean, as long as I know that things are right and everything's, hey, I'm not, I'm not saying I've had all the best preachers in the planet. I, I eat, and if I'm still hungry after I eat, I go home and eat some more. But what the point is, we're never going to have perfect conditions for our marriages to prosper. I would be doing good, but she, we go right back to the garden. What's going on here, Adam? That wife you gave me. What's happening with here? You, you Eve, the devil. So everybody's pointing the finger instead of pointing the finger at ourselves. Look at your neighbor and tell them it just might be you. <laughs> conditions, conditions may not ever be right. Amen. Can I have an amen? The conditions may not ever be right, saints. But I'm going to work that thing until the wheels fall off. Can I have an amen? I'm going to work that thing till the wheel falls off. And I want God to continue to open up a path for me because I'm being diligent when it comes to my spiritual life and my, my, my natural life. And this is what God does. Let's go to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, verse 14 and 15. This is really good. <laughs> you know, saints, if you, ever, if you haven't read the book of Proverbs, read it again. Read it. You got to read this stuff. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, the wisdom that God has given and imparting, and it's so practical. Listen to this. It says here in verse 14, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. <laughs> and say, this is what happens. I mean, I'm all for sleep. I, I, I love to sleep. You know, I'm, my wife will tell you I'm not a big sleeper. You know, but I, I love to relax and chill out and, you know, and, but the thing about it, the thing about it, saints, is we got to learn that us laying in the bed all day, sleeping all day is not going to help us in the, how much rest do you need? And I just want, when we start getting in this position, I, all I want you to hear when you're laying on your bed is, eh, eh, eh. 
You husbands and wives, when you see your spouse just laying there all day, all the time, just go, <laughs> and then lead them to this scripture, amen? The lazy, as a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. God has a sense of humor, amen? That scripture lets you know that. A person is so lazy that they won't even lift their hand to put the food in their mouth. And this is what happens, saints. This is what happens in life. But we do this from a natural standpoint and then from a spiritual standpoint. The Bible is sitting right there. And you have your hand on it. Man, the Lord is good. But you got to see this as a bowl. How are we feeding ourselves? We got it. We got the Bible. We got a nice Bible. Then we got the Bible on our iPhone. We got the Bible on our iPad. We got the Bible. We got the Bible on our computer. We got the Bible everywhere. Are we reading our Bible? When the devil comes, you're not going to be able to throw the Bible at him. You better start quoting some scripture, amen, and bind the devil. Get this in your Can I have an amen? Get this in your spirit. What happened? I threw the Bible at the devil. He wouldn't run. Of course he wouldn't run. You better declare the word of God, amen. We got to learn that this is what God, but people are lazy. Natural standpoint. Even from a spiritual standpoint, we got to learn that if we're going to be about our father's business, laziness is not going to benefit us at all. And we're going to find ourselves walking down the path that is full of thorns and hedges of thorns. And it's always I'm getting poked and, and prodded and it's something. And then when am I going to run into a highway when I learn to be diligent? That I do what I can do, that God can empower me to do what he's called me to do. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to close with this verse, and I think this is appropriate. In, a lot of, in view of all the scriptures we've, we've just analyzed, you know, one of the men that is probably my favorite character beside the Lord Jesus Christ in this Bible is the Apostle Paul. Him and Samuel have always been very, very interesting to me, and I, and I thank God for their ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 6. Apostle Paul was a man who, for all intents and purposes, it was, we see he was, he was tried by fire in his life. His road wasn't always easy. But God prospered him, blessed him, used him mightily to have great impact. And I believe that for our church, God wants to use us. Apostle Paul, when you look at his ministry, one thing that you can see as a characteristic of his ministry is that he was a worker for God. It was his lifestyle. Whether it was natural from the natural standpoint, making tents and, and doing the things that he did. And we must never forget that, tent, that Apostle Paul was a tent maker. He had a natural deal that he worked on, but then he was also an apostle and traveled the world. He was spiritual. So it has to be both. We have to consider both. Everybody in this church... You're a member of this church should be serving in some capacity here at the church. As you are outside of the church doing whatever God is asking you to do. It's, it's got to be both. And I think for us, we have to consider this man's life. That it wasn't easy. 
but he was effective. And he said that an effectual door has been opened to me. That's, that's highways that were open for him in his life. But he says there, as he's closing with the Apostle Timothy, and he's basically saying his farewells. He says in verse 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's saying, I'm getting ready to die. He said, my life has been poured out. He's worked. He's grinding away. He's given God his very best. And I, my prayer is for every single one of us that, are, that is here in this room, that when you go on to be, the, be with the Lord, and you know that day is approaching, that you can honestly say, man, I poured my life out. I don't know if I have anything else to give. I poured everything out. I've given God my best. I was not lazy. I was diligent. Taking care of my family and taking care of my wife and my kids and making sure that I was working hard and I, I gave God my best. On my job, I gave my best. I gave my best, God. Here I am. He tells Timothy that he's poured his, his life has been poured out as a drink offering. And this time of departure is at hand. He says in verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. He says, I have kept the faith. He says, I have fought the good fight. You know, and it's a good fight that we've got to fight. Fight, number one, against our own flesh. It's a lot of times it's our own flesh that's making us lazy. It's just we're just, we're just appeasing our flesh. We're just giving into our flesh. What our flesh wants is what we give. And so what happens is we got to learn to fight the good fight against our flesh. we got to fight the good fight against the devil. The devil's going to convince you that, oh, you're good. It's okay. No, don't worry about it. And, and, and the devil is the master of giving us excuses and confirming our excuses. we got to fight the good fight. we got to fight when it comes to the devil and when it comes to the world. What the world is saying. The world will try to justify our actions. And we have to fight that good fight against what the world is telling us is acceptable. It's it's okay to lie. It's okay to cheat. It's okay to cut corners. It's okay. You know, if you want to become a minister, just go online and and, and, and get one online. It's okay. and And people don't want to put in the work anymore. They don't want to be trained and go through the process. And go through the process of life. Even in school, we see kids. I mean, a lot of kids now, they don't want to, they just want to sit in front of the computer. Instead of work, man, do your homework. I deal with that now, even as a, you guys know, as a high school coach. You know, kids come now and, man, I, I want to get a scholarship. Man, how come you didn't put the work in when you were in, in, in 15 and in a sophomore and a freshman? Stop waiting until it's too late. Fight the good fight against what the world is saying. Against what the devil is saying. And against what our flesh is saying. He says, I finished the race. What he's basically saying, I have been about my father's business and what God wants me to get done, I got it done. I got on that highway and I went all the way to the end and I got it done. I want every single person in this room that when Jesus says it's time for you to come home, that you can look yourself in the mirror and say, man, I finished my race. I gave gave 110% to God. I gave it all. This is what God is looking for. Laziness will hinder us. He says, I have finished the race. He says, I have kept the faith. Through it all, I stayed in this place of faith. I didn't forsake God. I stuck with God the whole way through. And this is what God is saying. And look at the reward. 
He says in verse 8, finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Why? Because I've lived an upright life. He says, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but to also, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Amen. And so there's a reward for our, for our being diligent. There's a reward. And we have to stop and see, see that it's not just a reward from a, from a natural standpoint. And it's not just a reward from a spiritual standpoint. It's both. My prayer is, is that when we stand before Jesus, we can honestly say that, Lord, I gave you my best. I wasn't lazy. Now, there's a time for rest. There's a time for vacation. There's a time to get away. There's a time to chill out. I know that. We all need that. But if that's all we're doing, we've got to stop and say, am I about my father's business? A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.